Well, good afternoon. Uh, it's 3 p.m. on June the 15th, 2023, and you are with me, Father Larry Richards, and Anchored in Hope. And so we are glad that you are here. A um, lot happening today uh, to share with you, and a little bit of talk. What we do here is we uh, spend the first half hour talking about something in the faith, and then in the last half hour, we deal with your questions. So again, if you're live, you can ask some questions right there on the live chat. If you're not live, you're watching us later, you can email me and they will get me a, uh, a copy of that and we'll talk about it. So let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Great God of love and mercy, we ask you now by your power to embrace us and help us and love us and help us to do your will and only your will. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And then Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I think we're all together here and everything's going fine. Uh, today we want to we're going to talk about the family that's uh, one of the talks I give at a parish mission my second night so if you have been to the parish one of my parish missions this will be review for you if not it'll be a, a short version this is also again hopefully you've all downloaded the app our hope tv and all these talks are free on our hope tv everything's free so there's a full hour um, CD called The Family or DVD or a talk you can, again, listen to for free. And that's a full hour of this, what we're going to talk about today. But I figured since we are coming up to Father's Day this, uh, this Sunday, I'd like to talk about family and keep us focused on how to live a good life in the family. Now, we have here, you'll see these new uh, cups and they're black, and it says Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards on there. It's uh, limited, but you can go online. They're live now. If you want to have coffee with me every week or have it with me in the morning, you can get one of these Anchored in Hope cups. It's uh, dark blue inside, out black outside, and then golden. I was wondering after I got it, I'm looking and go, well, I really like that. Why do I like that? You know why I like that, which I didn't know until today, and I got them last week? It's black and gold. <laughs> That's Steelers cowers in case you're uh, Pittsburgh deficient. But anyway, so uh, you can order these. I don't know what they are, 10, 12 bucks if you're interested. Um, you can go and order them if you like. Also, we got hot off the press just literally right before I got here. The uh, pilgrimage to Poland, um, which will be... September 10th to 19th, uh, 2024. So again, it's, uh, it should be live in a few minutes or uh, sometime today. They said I just okayed it, but it's a pilgrimage to Poland. And uh, again, land only. The cost is $33.95. Uh, group air from New York City is another $1,000, which would make it 4000 $395. If it's from Cleveland, it's $4,595 because there's another $200 on there. Anyway, but we go to Krakow, Zakopane, uh, Czestochowa, Czestochowa, 
Krakow, Wadowens, and I have no idea how to say these words, the salt mines in Krakow, Auschwitz, Divine Mercy, Have No Fear Center, and then come back. And so it's all on there. You can go on, go to Select Travel, uh, Select uh, International uh, Pilgrimage, and just uh, it should be on. It might not be right now, but it should be on in the next couple hours. Again, like I say, the plan is only take one bus load because it gets to be overwhelming unless we get too many of you, then we'll see. But right now, it's going to just be one bus because it'll be easier uh, for me anyway. <laughs> so that'll be helpful. So if you're interested in that, go to Select International, uh, Poland, Father Larry. And again, if you're interested in a cup, take a cup, get a cup. Anyway, we can have coffee every week together or in the morning, whatever. I like coffee. Anyway, let's come, and uh, we already prayed, so let's get started on family. Again, I think that one of the biggest uh, problems today in a church is um, the lack of families, but I'm not saying that in a way that's uh, derogatory, because, you know, we, um, traditional families, like my family wasn't very traditional, and a lot of your families aren't very traditional, so this isn't about making anybody feel guilty, it's about helping us to be the best family that God, in the situation that God has allowed to happen in our life. So this isn't a judgmental thing. This isn't, uh, you know, some families are better than others. Uh, some families are easier than others. Uh, again, I came from a dysfunctional family, as a lot of people did. But that doesn't mean that for the rest of my life I focus on a dysfunction. We take the best. And God can bless it, and God can transform it, and he can make all things together for good, make it work together when we fully surrender ourselves and our families to him. So again, if you spell family, F-A-M-I-L-Y, you're so smart, family, we're going to go and break down each letter for us to truly give a reflection on what a family should be and how no matter what kind of family we have, uh, how it can be a, a family that reflects the Trinity or reflects the Holy Family. The first is F, and for F, it's talk about forgiveness and faith, forgiveness and faith. And I'll just run through all these with you, and then we'll go through each one. A is for affirmation. M is for make memories. I is for intimacy. L is for love. And Y, it's all about you, not about me. And so as we go through that uh, reflection about how we can all have better families and how we can all do better and make our family a better reflection, we first of all look at all families got to be a place of faith. And if you're a parent, your number one job, of course, is to instill faith into your children. Your job as a husband or wife is to bring your spouse to heaven, and if you have children, to bring your children to heaven. Uh, again, if your children... Become, one of them becomes president of the United States and yet goes to hell, then we fail as parents, right? And so we got to make sure that we're trying to instill faith. And the best way we instill faith is by the way we live, or I could say the way we love um, as best as we can and the way we can and the way we lay down our life for other people. Again, um, some people are better than that uh, than others, a lot of people are much better than that than I am, for sure. But again, no. So the purpose is to instill faith. And 
when we sit there and we talk about instilling faith, God is love. That's the ultimate truth, huh? Now, some people want to talk about all kinds of truths, and there's a lot of truths, and some people want to uh, force other truths before others. But the ultimate truth is God is love. So what does that mean? It's like I'm working again, finally finishing, God willing, the book on uh, the Lord's Prayer, Just Live It. And as I focus on it, the opening line of the book is, we are created by love to be love in a world that doesn't know love. The first principle is the love principle, as we've talked about here uh, previously. So I am supposed to be, if I am a follower of God, I must be, to be real, the most loving person in my personality, that I lay down my life for others. Now, if you're married, that means you lay down your life for your wife or your husband, and you lay down your wife for your children. Nobody is here to serve you or me. They are here, you are here, to give your life for others the way Jesus did on the cross. So, um, like... uh, John Powell, when he wrote the book Unconditional Love years ago, he'd, he said in there, he was a Jesuit, uh, he said, the moment we ask, what have you ever done for me, love ceases, starts to die. The moment we say, what have you ever done for me, love begins to die. And so we give away our life for our family to show them what it is to be with God. If God is love, then we must create families of love in our own personalities again. And so we must be loving. Sometimes we're very judging, and that's why our kids in that leave the faith, because they think if the way you live is is anything about God, I don't want anything to do with it. So again, uh, it doesn't mean we're permissive and we let everything happen. It means that we walk with people, we love people, we give our lives for them, beginning with our family. The second part of the F is forgiveness. That we need to be people, especially in families, who forgive. You know, I can't tell you how many people throughout the many years I've been ordained now who won't forgive their spouse or their children or their parents or whatever. And they go around with all this bitterness inside because, you know, my family wasn't perfect. Join the crowd. Neither are you. Have you figured that out yet? And so... Part of the reality is we need to forgive others. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to stop living in the past and we need to start living in the future. The only thing that'll keep us in the past is unforgiveness. So again, as I've talked about many times, forgiveness is an act of the will, right? It's an act of the will that I, uh, I forgive them and I ask you to forgive them. So it's something you must do. If you go to daily mass today, daily mass, the gospel was uh, if you bring your gift to the altar and there find that someone has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go first and be reconciled with them. So that's what the sign of peace is about at mass. So especially when it comes to our family, are we reconciled with everybody in our family or do we hold grudges? Do we refuse to forgive? Do we talk about how our parents were bad and da, 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 da? Could be true. That's not the question. The question is, you will be a victim all the days of your life until you finally say, I forgive them and I ask you to forgive them. So F in the word family is for faith and forgiveness. What's it for? Faith and forgiveness. Very good. The next letter from this beautiful cup I'm drinking from is A. What is A for? A is for affirmation. 
Huh? And when it comes to affirmation, that means, like I always say to, when I'm doing a mission, that I'm sure you always say something negative to everybody in your family every day. Now think about it. You didn't take out the garbage. You didn't do this. You didn't turn the lights off. I told you to make your bed. I told you to take out the garbage. Can I ask anything around here with everybody doing it? Why do I have to beg people to do it? Da, da, da. So we always say something negative. So for affirmation, we always got to decide to say something positive. If people don't find affirmation at home, they will go someplace else to find it. So are you a person who is affirming of your spouse, of your children, of your parents. One of the best things you can do is decide that every day now for the rest of your life, you will say at least one word of affirmation to your family members. What? Every day? Every day. Are you out of your mind? Well, you say something negative every day. I promise you, you do. When you look at your life just objectively and look at your thing, you might say something negative or you could be one of those passive aggressive people that I would never say anything negative father, but you make yourself near negativity and your disapproval shown in other ways. It's still the same reality. Do you affirm and tell people what's good about their life? Um, something anyway. So something to pray about. A is for affirmation. Uh, years ago when I was uh, doing a men's conference out in Kansas City, Kansas, um, there was a kid there, and as this kid was there, he had the mohawk hair, and he had black fingernail polish, and he had one of those pea coats on, and his big black boots. And as I'm speaking to the men, they had to listen to me all day. It's like hell on earth. Um, I'm looking at this kid. He was about 17, 18 and he's just looking at me like this the whole day. And I'm thinking, oh my, here we go. I'm not, I'm missing this kid. And so anyway, after the long day, uh, me preaching to these people all day, I had to run to go to Carmel, Indiana to do a parish mission there. And as I'm running out the door, you know, everybody's clapping by God's grace. And except this kid, this kid comes running over to me. And the kid gives me this piece of paper. Now, normally when someone gives me a piece of paper, it's like, Father, you know, you're... Uh, uh, loud or your judgment or whatever, all these things that, you know, no one's going to tell me anything I don't know anymore. Um, but anyway, uh, so they say this stuff. And so, but I just, okay. So I got in the car. Oh, thank you. And uh, I sat in the car and I thought, okay, I'm just going to read it and get it over with. Cause sometimes I like to put things off, you know, <laughs> like oh, I'll deal with it later. And later it doesn't come for months. Anyway, so I, okay, I'm just going to deal with this so I can uh, get over it. So I open it, I pull out this piece of paper and it says peace everywhere, but it said it in Latin. And again, as everybody knows, I don't know Latin very well. I can sing the Salve Regina, but that's it. Anyway, so I said, what? So it had, uh, had it in Latin then it explained it in English, peace everywhere. And then you open it up and it says, Maybe one kid dies, one kid dies every thousand years from too much praise. Yet every day a kid dies inside from lack of it. So our kids die from lack of affirmation, this kid had said. So do people feel affirmed in our life, our spouses and our children? Is our family a place of affirmation? A is for affirmation. F is for faith and forgiveness. A is for affirmation. Next letter is M. Very good. M is for make memories. What's M for? Make memories. Now, 
Making memories means that we're going to have to do things to bring joy in a family. So again, a lot of times that means you're going to have to have dinner together. If you don't have dinner ever together, think about it. What are your kids going to say 20 years from now? Oh yeah, every day, uh, mom made something. She put it in a microwave and I pressed the button and I sat down and played my games or watched TV or was on my phone for dinner. Horrible. You need to have time of togetherness. If you don't spend time as a family, what do you say? Or, oh, father, you don't get it. My family's very involved in sports. Okay, whatever it is. So what do you say? Sports is more important than family. TV's more important than family. Uh, your phone is more important than family. You gotta do things to make your family important. And then when you do that, you can't have forced fun, but you can decide that you're gonna take, uh, like at the dinner table, it isn't the place to... Uh, tell people always what they did wrong, but you have fun. I always talk about the Kaseki family and they were um, the family that took me in when I came to the diocese, I was 17 years old and um, uh, two of the boys became priests. One father, Michael Kaseki, who I'll be going to Germany with next month. And um, the other one is father, Tim Kaseki. He really doesn't count because he's a Jesuit. <clears throat> anyway, uh, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. So, they have uh, two parents. Uh, Bob, the father, just died a couple months ago. Great, great man and is uh, 90. And his wife is still alive, uh, and she's 91 or 92, as we're speaking anyway. So uh, she's a little woman from Italy, Carmella, about this big. And Bob was a big guy, oh, six-something, from Poland, Kaseki, who was... Um, from Poland. So who do you think ran the family? Carmela, of course. But I used to love to be at that family for dinner because dinner would last hours sometimes. And everybody would laugh and laugh and laugh. And they had three boys that were all in seminary with me. And like two of them became priests. And they had a girl that became a doctor. And she was the baby. And I'll never forget once we were laughing so hard at dinner that when she was young, the baby... No, not that young, not that old, just a kid. She laughed so hard she peed herself. <laughs> Can you imagine? What kind of memory is that? Does your family have such joy around the dinner table that someone might pee themselves for joy? Huh? So again, and they had a rule that nobody eats alone. And so when Daniel got older and he was working, if he came, uh, he didn't get home until nine o'clock, then that TV went off, everything went off, and everybody sat at the dinner table with him. Why? Because nobody eats alone. Why? Because family's the most important reality. The way you live as a family show that your family's the most important thing, next to your faith, of course. But you make time for each other. You make time that nobody sits alone. You make time that when you're doing that, it's time of joy. What kind of memories are you making in your family? Are they joyful memories? It just doesn't have to be dinner. I mean, taking on trips, camping, whatever it is. But as long as it brings joy, playing games together. You know, when we were a kid, we played Monopoly. I remember we stayed up almost all night playing uh, tic-tac-toe that you'd throw the bean bags at and... Gosh, that was one of my best memories ever is growing up. My mom, my dad, before they ever got divorced, my sister, my brother was still a baby. But it was those type of things that make great memories. So what are you doing to make memories? So F is for 
faith and forgiveness. A is for affirmation. M is for make memories. Next letter. I. I is for intimacy. What's I for? Intimacy. And what does intimacy mean? In to me see. In to me see. Now, again, we all have the mask that we put up for others, huh? And we all have our issues. Again, everybody knows I have anger issues and uh, I'm better, uh, I hope. But throughout the years, you know, people always see that and they'll say, uh, Father, I hate when you get angry. And what does that make me more angry? If you're married and you tell your husband or wife, I hate when you get angry, what does that make them more angry? Because you're not dealing with the problem. You're just dealing with a symptom. Anger is never the problem. It's a symptom of either hurt or fear. And so if you want to deal with the anger in your family, you got to find out where the hurt or fear is coming from. So you got to ask your spouse or your kids, what are you afraid of? Or what are you hurting about? And when you can deal with that, then you can let anger dissipate. But when you don't deal with that, you just say, there will be no anger in this house. Doesn't fit. It's like putting a Band-Aid on cancer. So I'll never forget in my life, you know, again, I'm a busy priest. I'm always doing uh, something with all the things. I'm going to get into it, you know. Um, but one Christmas, I was do, still doing missions. Christmas that those days, I was the only priest at my place, like I am again. Um, and I was uh, I used to buy so many presents for everybody. And I'm sitting there Christmas Day, and I have all the masses. And my family's in Pittsburgh, and I used to have four masses at that time. And... Um, so I'm sitting there between masses and I'm literally crying, trying to wrap all the presents to get them to Pittsburgh and to get them for everyone at, at my, uh, my employees and everything else, you know. Uh, and sometimes people sit there and say, oh, we all got the same. I just can't do anything else. I give them, you know, um, cash um, so they can buy what they want, but I try to get them. I never like just to give people cash. I think it's so impersonal. So I try to get something um, that everyone can like, you know, sometimes you do that well, sometimes you don't. Um, a couple of years ago, one of my, no longer my staff, but she is, you know, I, she got, he got me this. I mean, <sighs> anyway, at least I got you something, but the reality is, so here I am doing all this stuff, getting everything ready, uh, for my family. I'm crying all the way. Cause I, everybody, uh, when you're a priest, are always coming, and Father, can I, I know you're busy, can I do this, can I do that, I know, Father, I know, just one more thing, Father, that's that, and so I was exhausted, and I had nothing left to give that, that's at least 15 years ago, um, so I get home, and make sure I'm all fixed, and I uh, walk in the house, my mother lived in a split, split level, and uh, said, Merry Christmas, put everything under the Christmas tree and went downstairs to split level and closed the door just to be alone for a while. A few minutes go by and the, there's a knock on my door and it's my mother. And she says, Larry, can I come in? I go, sure, it's your house. Of course, she came in and she sat across from me and she says, Larry, what's the matter? And nobody had once asked me what the matter was. Only my mother had intimacy with me to go in deeper to find out what was truly the matter. And that was very healing, huh? Again, you got to remember that your priests are human beings. And sometimes we judge them, and they should be, I would imagine, in some ways. 
but some of them are hurting and you got to be reaching out to them and affirming them and saying how are you father and uh you know whatever they like i just one of my seminarians who i'm a spiritual director i says you do realize if you get ordained in our diocese anyway probably for the rest of your life you will be alone in the rectory because where our priests are going down fast when i retire in seven years god willing there'll be less than 60 priests in our diocese active. So there's no gonna be priests living together, they're gonna be alone. And when they're trying their best to give up their life for others and doing everything and all as they hear, once you become a pastor, before you're a pastor, everybody loves you. You know, they tell you how great you are and wonderful. Once you become a pastor and you gotta make the decisions, forget it. You'll never make everybody happy. No matter what you ever do is gonna make some people mad. And that's part of the reality. I'm not complaining about because I'm just sharing with you the reality. So like on this Father's Day coming up, your priests, your pastors are your fathers. Will you reach out to them this Father's Day uh, telling them you're glad that they're everything they do for you? You're glad uh, that though they are not perfect, they're still giving their life for you. Will you see them as a spiritual father this Sunday? Or will you just ignore them and let them go back to their rectories alone? You know, you got to do something. You got to go out of your way to create intimacy for them. Not a sexual intimacy, none of that kind of stuff, but just to show that you got their back. And in your family, you create this intimacy. So everyone, again, if they don't find intimacy at home, they're going to look for it elsewhere. And so one of the things I encourage you to do with your family is every day when you come home from work or both of you come home for work to give your spouse five minutes. You all got five minutes. We all got five minutes and just say, how are you? Not what did you do today, but how are you? What's going on inside? So that you create this communication between each other. And then you take your kids and you at least once a week, Take them aside and say, how are you? And you got to be able to listen to anything they tell you without killing them, right? That you have intimacy knowing that they can tell you anything and you're going to love them. It doesn't mean you don't punish your kids. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. But it must mean that you love them unconditionally because if you don't love your spouse and kids unconditionally, you don't love them at all because you only love them if they meet your certain conditions. Please, that's not love. So to create intimacy in your home, to sit there and ask, how are you? To make sure you go beyond what's going on in the exterior and go into the interior. So again, F is for faith and forgiveness. A is for affirmation. M is for make memories. I is for intimacy. What do you think L is for? Yeah, love. We'll come back to it. We'll go to Y because I always forget why. Why it's all about you. It's not about me. So Father Stan Fortuna has a song out called Family, Forget About Me, I Love You. Pretty good. So what I always tell people is you put on your mirror every day, or you put on your mirror and you look at it every day, the three words, I am third. God is first, others are second, I am last. And every day when you go to brush your teeth at night, do 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 you sit there and think, have I done one unselfish act today, especially for my family? Just one unselfish act. Now, you mothers do that all the time. The rest of us, we have to work on it. 
Do I do at least one uns- did I do at least one unselfish act today for somebody else, especially in my family? If not, I wasted my life in Christ today. I only live for me. So it's all about you. It's not about me. Put three words in your bathroom mirror. I am third and try to do at least one unselfish act every day for your family members. Huh? Won't kill you. So why is four? It's all about you. It's not about me. So let's go back to L, love. So to recap again, F, faith and forgiveness. A, affirmation. M, make memories. I, intimacy. Y, it's all about you. L, it's all about love. Again, Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, says all people know you're my disciples because you love one another. You know, my uh, the biggest thing I get... Um, comments for every day almost is the thing about the sins that damn you to hell forever and it's about taking care of the poor it's like one person says they where did jesus say poor he talked about my brothers and sisters yeah everybody's his brother and sisters uh and jesus talks about the poor many times when you get into it but anyway they'll sit there and uh, they don't want to focus on the reality a guy yelled at me yesterday or two days ago and is saying uh, Father, I don't want to fight with you, but you are making fun of people who go to daily mass and say rosaries and divine mercy chaplets. Please, people. If that's what you heard from that thing, I just says it's not enough to go to daily mass or say a rosary or do a divine mercy trap chaplet because you can do all those things if you don't take care of the least of the brothers or sisters, you can still go to hell. According to Jesus, get out of my sight. Jesus said, all people know we belong to him because we love one another. It's just that simple. Don't fight with me. Fight with Jesus. Jesus said it. John chapter 13, verse 35, 34. This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Verse 35, all people know you're my disciples because you love one another. So you must be a person of love in your family. And you must tell the people you love that you love them. How often? every day and so i think i want to give you some homework here huh that you write a letter to your spouse or to your children or to your parents and you tell them that you love them and you gotta not write one on the computer and change the first name you gotta handwrite the letter i've given this talk many times and i do my dad's story but we don't have time for that now if you want the full talk just go to family uh the hour-long talk on the uh app but you decide that you're going to write a letter to them and you tell them that you love them. Don't judge them. Just love them, huh? And then you got to decide that you're going to tell the people you love that you love them. How often? Every day. Now, again, people say, where does it say in the Bible that I got to do that? Okay, people of God, must you make me do this? Do you think I make things up? Let's go to John chapter 15. Go ahead, get there with me. You should have a Bible by now when you're watching me. And it says, John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me. What's it say? As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Then he says in verse, chapter 15, verse 16, um, love, I mean, uh, uh, love one another, so as I have loved you. So what happens here is that, again, 1335, all people know my disciples because you love each other. Jesus told the people he loved that he loved them. So, so must you. So you write them a letter, and then you start telling people you love that you love them every day. 
Now, again, for some of you, if you're older and you write your kids that, the first thing they're going to do is call you and ask you if you're dying. If you got cancer or something. I always think, isn't that sad that people have to think you're dying before you tell them that you love them? So again, just to help you and your family, no matter what kind of family you have, to focus on the word family. F, let it be a place of faith and forgiveness. A, let your family be a place of affirmation. M, let it be a place where you make memories, good memories, fun memories, joyful memories. I, let it be a place of intimacy. L, may your family be a family of love. And Y, may it be a family where you're all concerned more about others than you are about yourself. It's all about you. I am third. You got it? You get it? Gonna do it? Nature knows love today and forever. Amen. Okay, let's get to the questions. I'm a couple minutes over. And we'll go from here. Chris Walker. Hi, Father Larry. What do you think we need in today's world where atheism and relativism are very popular? I sometimes think that people are almost speaking different languages. Again, as I already talked about, what we really need is love, not just the, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, da 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 No, that's la la That's not love. Love is about being more concerned about others than you are about yourself. Love is about doing everything uh, to save others the way Jesus did. Now, again, Jesus was killed for that. And he was killed for that because some people didn't want love. They wanted rules only. They wanted commandments only. And again, commandments are important. They show that we love God and we love others. But if that's all it is, we will get very angry at people who don't follow the rules, even if they're most loving. Or we'll sit there and think, all this stuff about love, love, love. Please. God is love, as we already talked about at the beginning here. And we must be love, and that love will cost you your life. And if we all got more concerned about others than we are about ourselves, that's what everybody needs. If we start listening to each other, um, I think that would be quite helpful. But we don't, because we all know that we're right and everybody else is wrong. And don't you get it? When we all think that, then we can't listen to anybody else, because everybody else is wrong. I'm the only one that's right. But at least if we listen, we could find a lot of common ground. And we could then start building respect. You know, even like these people that are doing that stuff uh, in L.A. and they had those uh, drag queens that dressed like nuns and that. So we fight and we do all that stuff. Absolutely. But we also need to do everything to get them to salvation because God wants them saved. We might want them damned and beaten and killed uh, too often. But God wants them saved. So what do we do to save them? It doesn't mean we let them uh, continue to do what they do and blaspheme God and, and uh, make fun of people in their religion. But we at least have to meet them so that we can convert them to stop them from doing it. Because the more they know that they irritate us, the more they do it. So it's interesting. Uh, I just think we, need to, we all need to be more like Jesus, wanting to give away our life to save other people. Hi, Harry. Bruce, where's Harry sleeping? Oh, no. 
Harry is a Zion in France. You have to look at Google Maps quickly before Father starts talking. There you go. Hello, Father Larry. You're blessed. Very good. Black and gold, my favorite cowers too. Good job, Chris. Should that coffee chalice not be silver and gold? <laughs> silver and gold. Silver and gold. Anyway, it's uh, what we got here. Is this what we're going to talk about today? Audrey, good to see you. Are your meds working? Oh, I have been praying. If you don't watch Daily Mass, you don't know what happened. So I've been complaining about everybody's not praying for me because I can't hear. So last uh, Monday night, today's when? Thursday. Yeah, Monday, Monday or Tuesday. Monday night. I was uh, sitting in front of Jesus, Blessed Sacrament, at night praying. And my ear was bothering me tremendously. And uh, I sat there and I said, Lord, he's right here. I mean, right there in front of the Sacrament. I said, Jesus, it's been a month. Please, please, would you heal my ear? And then I blew my nose like I did a thousand times. And pop! It was completely free, completely healed in front of Jesus. And so I was so grateful. And I just, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I even uh, woke up, oh, about 20 times. I don't know if I'm exaggerating or not, but I loked up a lot. And the only thing I kept doing the whole night was, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I woke up, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wish he always acted like that, you know, right away. Lord, I need this. And he took care of it. But I can hear by God's wonderful grace. Um, every once in a while, it'll pop, or like yesterday, it was like a half hour. It was like uh, it clogged again, but God is good, you know. So uh, um, I have to fly to Canada, Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta in a couple of weeks. So I'm thinking, okay, God, please don't let it happen. And oh, as an aside, I won't be here next week uh, or the following week. So two weeks, because next week I'm with the priest of the Diocese of Erie. We're all in uh, Emmaus together. And then um, the uh, following week, I'll be flying up to Edmonton, uh, Canada. So just so you know, give you the heads up, I won't be here for the next two weeks. Late but here, Audrey, are you comfortable the way you have to take it? I'm familiar with it. Oh, yeah, I got that. Uh, and I also started Sunday my uh, Majero for my diabetes, which has been really really was everybody knows bad but this you know and so you have to give yourself a shot in the stomach and I'm like what, <laughs> what's it going to be like anyway so I got the shot I gave myself the shot and it didn't hurt at all by God's grace I am a wimp when it comes to certain things I guess but I was like oh what's this going to do shot in my stomach but it's a uh, with the Majero pen you just sit there and you put it on you uh, after you take the bottom off you put it on you press the button and it goes in it stays there as it injects you for about five seconds and it pops out like on a spring it's very uh, very easy it was for me the first time so um we'll see how it goes my sugar is still high today the low the lowest it's been in two weeks is like 179 i got it to last <laughs> last night but again i'm fast i'm doing all the things but it took me a year to get my sugar up my sugar um before I started all my new medication, like on Saturday, it was like 489, which is bad, bad, bad. But it's getting back down, but it's just going to take some time. Okay. I, I had a loose relative, that is. I don't know what that's coming from. Anyway, I like your stories. Thank Margaret. Bruce, father, the priests in York County, South Carolina are from... 
the Rock Hill Oratory. We're still in the Charleston Diocese. What exactly is an oratory? I've asked locals. No one seems to give me an answer. Oratory is a place of prayer like um, uh, we're usually a bunch of, well, you can have an oratory, which is a prayer place. But like uh, St. Philip uh, Neary had an oratory of priests. So he had a bunch of, and he still, you can, if you have an oratory at St. Philip, uh, they'll have a bunch of diocesan priests that live together and minister together and they pray together. So they have a common life, but they're still diocesans. They don't live, uh, they don't take another vow of uh, obedience. I mean, they do, we all take obedience. We all take uh, chastity or uh, celibacy. Um, they don't take poverty, as a religious would. Okay. Hi, Father Larry. I hope your ears are better. Yes, and your blazer. It's getting there. Please stay well. Thank you. We need you. Wisdom. I really think I'm a nutcase, but that's true. Hi. Question, Jerry. When the priest does the gospel acclamation, the congregation responds to a reading from the gospel according to St. John. Are not two responses required, first being... Glory to you, O Lord. And then we cross our foreheads, lips, and saying, may the Lord be in our lips, our hearts. Yeah. Well, it's what you say quietly. You don't say that out loud uh, in the Roman rubric anyway. Uh, you go, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And then quietly, you go, may the Lord be in my word, my head, and in my lips, and in my heart. But it isn't part of the mass uh, that's supposed to be explained uh, outwardly. Okay. Hi, Father Larry. I hope yours are better. Yep, you're better. Okay, please stay well. We need you. Who is your favorite saint and why? Again, I always go to Our Lady. She's always adopted me. I was given to her by my mother when I was baptized. Saint Joseph, of course. I've went to him for everything. Uh, again, I have the same two saints that Jesus did, his mother and father, and I go back to them again and again and again. Okay, Julie. Hi, Joey. Hi, Father. Nice to see you. Uh, to see you do Anglican believe in the real presence. Do Anglicans believe in the real presence? Uh, high Anglicans do. Low Anglicans, usually not. But there is, it's hard. The Anglican Church believes in the real presence. They have, but then there's some that don't. Like, there's Catholics that don't believe in a real presence. But, again, high Anglicans do. In my care, Father... In my care, because today I participate with the hymns, but not there in communion. Yeah, you should never receive communion in the Anglican Church. Joy, Jesus, others first. You, that was Mother Teresa's thing, a life of joy. Same as I am third, but J, Jesus first, O, others second, Y, yourself last. Same reality. Um, we do have a, a beautiful faith. Oh, happy Father's Day, Father Larry. Thank you. So sad others are walking in the dark. May God turn the light on all of us. Uh, God has sacrificed love everlasting. He is all who cannot be without another. Hi, Father. Question regarding family. Hi, Maryam. I've always thought that when our family members die, they are united in heaven. Um, do you think families are together in heaven? Of course they are. Uh, is not Jesus family united in heaven? Does not Jesus know his mother and his stepfather, Joseph? Uh, and of course we will. But we don't will be united with them, but it's not, will not just love only them. We will love everybody great intimately. When we get to heaven, heaven is the place of great love where God loves us or we love him and we love each other forever. And we have loved very imperfectly on earth, even our spouses, even our family members. We have been very imperfect because of our own uh, dysfunction, our own history and everything else. But heaven is finally the place 
where, of course, you'll know your spouse, you'll know your children, you'll know your parents. Of course, you'll be united. But you'll be united with everybody else, too. We will all be family forever. That's the greatest thing. Because, again, if that wouldn't be, then that means I'm going to be an old celibate forever and ever and ever. You know, and I might meet my family, and but they'll be redeemed. I'll be redeemed. But hopefully I get to see all my family. It's my parish family and all the people who have been part of uh, my life all these years. So we never are going to lose anything in heaven. Everything will be perfected. So we will love everybody more infinitely and intimately than we ever did on earth by definition. That's why when we love on earth, we get to touch heaven. Okay, I think I might be suffering from uh, diabolic obsession. Can you please pray for me? Sure, George, but have someone pray for you, a priest and that pray for you there. You don't need uh, oppression. Um, you know, you can be possessed, you can be oppressed, or you can be tempted. And so uh, always remember, George, you have Christ inside of you. If you've been baptized, if you receive communion, and Christ is stronger than any demon. And so you got to sit there and let Christ deal with uh, anything in your life to set you free. The devil tries to tell you that he has power over you. He does not unless you give it to him. But if you have never given it to him, Jesus is full control, and Jesus can deal with the evil one in your life. So in Jesus' name, come against it. Okay? Oratory in Oakland is near Pitt and Cathedral, only place I know exactly. Uh, near perpetual adoration, correct. Hi, Father, I go to the oratory. Very good. Harry, I was blessed to join an Anglican congregation, believed in the real presence, of course. We had weekly adoration, yes. It made my love move to Roman Catholicism a natural progression. Yep, prayers for you and all priests. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. So let's go here and... I got all the questions there again. We still have some minutes here. If you want anything, you can answer it there. I got that one already. I got that one already. Oh, I got, uh, I think I got all these. You people need to send me um, more questions because all these questions I've already answered. So anyway, so this is the reality of uh, what we need to be doing as a family, uh, what we need to be doing as Christians. Uh, our family is the world in so many ways beyond that. So we got to bring the love of God to the world. Well, and again, when people fight with me on that, and they do, oh my. Again, I just say, look at the cross. How did Jesus deal with all the sin of the world? How did Jesus deal with all the injustice in the world? How did Jesus deal with all the garbage. And they killed people without a second thought in those days. We think we have it bad here. But in America, we have it very, very good. Compared, you know, We complain about these things, but in other places, if you just uh, say you're a Christian, they kill you. There are more martyrs today than any other time in history. And uh, giving up our lives for being, for being a follower of Christ, for love of others, is what God calls us all to do. Most of us will not have to give up our lives physically, but we have to be martyrs every day and give up our lives for the salvation of others. Again, I always go back to St. John Vianney, who was very strong in his preaching. But as he got older and he would give these great penances to his people that came to him for confession, he'd say, now listen, this is your penance, 
but don't you do it. I'll do it for you. That's a saint. Huh? That's where he becomes sanctity. That instead of just being, look, I am the priest and you will do this penance that I give you because I said so. You say, this is your penance, but I'm going to do it for you. There you go. I can do that for everybody because I'm given our Father. And some people think I'm getting weaker and soft as I get older. I don't think so. Hopefully I'm becoming more like Jesus. That's the whole point. <laughs> We're called to be more like Jesus. And we stand up for truth. We stand up for all this stuff, but we do it the way Jesus did it. We can never get around. We don't do it like the saints do it. We don't do it like this person do it. We don't do it like Phineas did it in the Old Testament. We do it the way Jesus did it. Always our full example, our perfect example, always Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and only Jesus Christ, period, comma, end of all paragraphs. So when people go and yell and scream, let's go back to how did Jesus do it? And then they'll use something like, well, he tore the tables over and turned them over. Yes, he sure did. He did that once to a bunch of religious people who were following the law and offering sacrifice. Hmm. So again, who does Jesus go after? And who does he hang out with? We must be like Jesus in our family and in the world. Okay, I see a few more came here. Marriage is the primary sacrament that points to marriage. There is no marriage in heaven because there is no need to point to heaven. There you go. Well, you got it all, Chris. There you go. But what does it mean there is no marriage in heaven? The purpose of marriage here on earth is to procreate, mutual love and procreation, huh? to bring forth children. You're not going to have sex in marriage, to be blunt about it. So there is no marriage in heaven. You're going to still love everybody, but that's why my mother is married three times. So who is she married with in heaven? That was the question someone asked Jesus. Uh, no, you're not going to be married to all these people. You're not going to be married in heaven but you're going to be loving people in heaven, loving your spouse very intimately, and you'll know them. Of course you will. Basically, the closeness and love that is present in marriage will be perfectly present in heaven. We'll all be exactly. Another misconception that we won't be male or female in heaven. Of course, we'll still be male and female. Thanks. There you go. Okay, I got to go see my shrink. Again, I'm not going to be here for the next two weeks, but I will be praying for you every day where I'm at. I love you. I'm doing everything I can. Please pray for me that I stay faithful and protected. And if all citizens uh, will, I'll be back here in three weeks, not next week, not the following week, the following week. Okay, the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.